Welcome to the Sonic Shaman Show, home of the Coffee Connect and Conscious Connections. The show is dedicated to empowering you to perceive, know, be, and express your unique voice in this world without the fear of judgment of others through healing, coaching, and educational services. In each episode, Hank and his guests offer tools, techniques, and inspiration to help you step into your potency. Now, here is your host, Hank Settela. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Conscious Connections. I'm so excited to have somebody on with us that is like a mind, body, spirit connection guru, because it's all working, the things all working together that really allow us to step into health. So it's my pleasure to introduce to you Renee Andreessen, functional nutrition counselor and wellness professional, and she is the owner and founder of Healthy Inspired You. How are you doing today? I'm really grateful to be here. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. I'm so glad that we connected through a mutual program. And then it was just like very clear that you had so much to offer. So like, how could I not have you on to kind of discuss this? <laughs> and I just want to let everyone know too, this is a really interactive experience. So if you're watching, if you have questions specific to you, please put them in the comments. If you're listening to this on the replay, you can catch it when we go live on our YouTube channel, which is thesonicshaman.com. And if you want to take it audio on the go, it's available on all the major podcasting networks and all that. But why don't you give us kind of a, a snippet of your history of what brought you from just, you know, being one of the people just in the world to being somebody that is serving the world through helping this mind, body, spirit connection and helping people step into wholeness and really becoming congruent with the totality of who they are. Yeah. You know, you can't take somebody on a path that you haven't traveled yourself. Is that not the truth? Right. So yeah, I, um, I personally fell apart uh, at the age of about 40. So I have a long history working in corporate America and uh, also a, a, a very adventurous childhood. Just let's just say my parents, um, we grew up in the 70s in Southern California and lived a bit of the hippie lifestyle. And, and so that led to um, just a lot of opportunity for me to test my boundaries as a young child. And um, as I grew up and got older, I realized that I was pushing the limits too far further than what my body could handle and also um, what my mind and spirit could handle as well. I'm a bit of an achiever. So I did, um, I was a triathlete. Well, I am a triathlete, just not practicing right now. I'm working, raising children, I'm doing my best to please everybody. And uh, at 40, I fell apart. And it was about a three-year healing journey that I went through where I learned that I was a healer myself. And whoever thought that a corporate America you know, person um, could be a healer, but I, I think that childhood that I had um, and that really open spiritual kind of thinking just really helped pull me through my healing journey. And, um, you know, so I healed myself and then I, I got certified and licensed to do these things. And, um, and actually, I should say not licensed health coaching. There's no license for health coaching. It's all about certifications and education. Um, and we're not yet um, recognized in the medical field as a practitioner, um, officially like a doctor is. So I have to be careful about how they say that. Um, but, you know, uh, being the achiever that I am, I, I got the number of certifications in 18 months that people would get in four years because I just felt as if people needed to learn and know that you can heal, you can overcome. And it's not just the body, it's also the mind and the spirit that helps us become whole. And one thing I want to point out to everyone, like I come from a 10 year background in banking and then I <laughs> fell apart, you know, like, and I was yes. a professional drinker. That's my, how I went, went kind of on the path of self-destruction. But one thing I love telling people and really hoping to hammer home is that you do not have to get to the point where you're falling apart to start to choose healing. Yes. Yeah. Listening to the body. It's so critical. I mean, um, being able to hear the body and what it's telling you, and then to truly listen to it, that, that's an art that is that takes practice and time. Yeah, and that's something that they teach in a modality I practice called access consciousness, that the body and the being are actually two separate things. And there's like ways and different energy processes to open up the dialogue with the body. And right after I started doing that, I was just in line at Chipotle, ready to get my uh, half carnitas, half barbacoa bowl that, you know, and I started, hey, buddy, what would you like? And it's like, not that. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I, I literally went vegan overnight. I'm not saying okay. that that's everybody's experience, but as soon as I actually started tapping into my body and like seeing what it wanted, I, my diet changed, the clothing that yes. I would choose changed, 
everything changed and yeah. I had such a, a different connection. How, how does one go about starting to make that connection with the body? Because it's almost like learning a new language, at least it was for me. It is. And I talked to a lot of people. <laughs> Can I just be totally just brutally honest here? Yeah. Yeah. Coming. So, so coming from my lens, which is a functional nutritionist, nutritionist, which means that I'm trained in the body systems and how they operate and how to know when they're um, in deficiency and bring them to sufficiency through food and lifestyle. So I'm telling you, one of the clearest messages your body can ever give you that it needs a change is the way it processes food. And are you gassy or bloated? Or, you know, what's it look like on the other side? Those are the, honestly, I tell you, those are so physical that they're hard, harder to ignore than feeling a little, like, you know, a little nervous or stressed out. Um, those are some really clear signs that things aren't going well. And I know that one of the things that we have in the bio is like some of the statistics that you had put out that 50% of Americans experience chronic disease, of which yeah. 80% is caused by lifestyle and food. But it seems like people have, you know, it's kind of like the word diet, like people hear the word diet, and there's like this huge resistance where a lifestyle change is like, really just choosing differently. And it's not as hard as people think, but it, there's like this big stigma, I think, like we're so ingrained that this is how I am and everything. And it seems kind of like daunting to start making changes that are just for the long haul. Do you have any tips or tricks, advice for people to get started without feeling so overwhelmed about making these lifestyle type changes? Yeah. Um, so there are so many, but if I were to pick the top three that have the greatest impact, which is different from like, what's the easiest to implement, but the, um, and I'll do both if that's okay. Yeah, but sure. the, the, let me just start with what's easiest and that's crowding. And we call it crowding out. So rather than thinking about things that you want to take out of your life or take off of your plate, you think about what you want to put on it instead. So for example, I was talking to somebody yesterday and she was kind of beating herself up and she's very healthy. I was really surprised that she was being so critical of herself, but she was sharing that she um, wants to exercise more. And she's like, I, I just should, I just don't, something's wrong with me. And I'm like, look, let's get rid of that. That's like phase number one. Like, and so we'll get to that, the hard part. But the greatest thing is, is loving yourself and having self-awareness of negative self-talk um, and then changing that. But it, that is very hard. What's easier is um, crowding in. So we, we say crowding out things. So for example, she wants to work out more and she wants to exercise. And so I asked her, I said, is exercise on your calendar? And she's like, no, it's not. And I'm like, well, if it's not on your calendar, it's not happening. And that was a, such a light bulb for her. So it's a matter of crowding, you know, out the things you don't want by putting more of what you want in. And then over time, your life has changed. So I'd say the number one tip is just pick one thing and put it on your calendar. And then over time, you will, um, you're, each week or each month, whatever it is, once it becomes a part of your regular life, then you're able to move to the next thing. And the next thing could be um, vegetables. So I, I, I think, I know that um, the things that are the most tangible for us are food, um, the way we spend our time, and the way that we sleep. So I think if anybody were at least to pick one thing from each of those areas, um, they would and put it on their calendar or make a plan for it uh over time your life will change drastically now i'm curious like as you started to step into the space of wholeness like how yeah. was your family impacted by it because i know like when i went vegan like my wife isn't vegan my kids aren't <laughs> vegan and my one youngest has like every allergy known to man from eggs yeah. watermelon sesame seeds so like it's kind of creates kind of an imbalance and and how do you go about bringing the family on board if one person wants to change and other people don't well, this, I, I have a really big story here. And, and so you tell me if, if it's too much of a story or too much time, but so it started with me. Uh, my husband, he, when we got married, he did not believe in low fat food, right? He's like, why would I eat something that was low fat when I could eat something with fat? And that worked for him because he had high metabolism and he's just lucky genes, um, but not so much for me. And so um, when we first got married, I started eating like him. And so, yeah, I put on some weight. Um, and so I that's what it first started was he and I living together and I started incorporating um, healthier habits into what I ate because of how it was affecting me. But actually I'm having a moment of clarity. The first time, the first thing that really triggered it as it relates to health was my dad having his first heart attack. 
So um, I was in my 20s and he had a heart attack and my mom, you know, that they tell you to eat low fat, low sugar, all these things. And the, um, I think it's called Cooking Light magazine kind of became the Bible of our household and something we looked forward to. And that was my first introduction to food as medicine. I really got to see and live and watch that what we eat and puts into we put into our body drastically affects our health. You know, as I said, 80% of lifestyle um, I'm sorry, disease is preventable by lifestyle and, and food choices. And so that, that's when it really hit home for me. Uh, and for, it was a lucky, um, just a lucky happening. It doesn't seem like your father having a heart attack while you're in your 20s is, is a lucky thing, but it showed me how important it is to eat healthy. Um, and then as I got older and we got married, you know, habits started to slide, but I always had this element of health. Um, in and I tried to weave it into everything that we did. So my children, we when we had snacks and we went on trips, I would just bring a bag of carrots or a bag of blueberries. Or, so I'd always throw that into my bag. Whereas my friend, she would take Uncrustables and you know defrost them. They're so good too, by the way. Have you had an Uncrustable? I haven't, but my son raves about them at Disney. He, that, that was oh. all he wanted to eat. And at Disney, they cost like ten dollars each, and they're little yes. kid yeah. things. <laughs> yeah, at Costco, they're like less than a buck for one yeah. Uncrustable. But I think anyway, so she was grabbing the Uncrustables and I'm like, where are the celery sticks and the carrots? And so the kids would kind of fight over both, which was really nice. So I think it was I raised my kids actually in a way that they were used to fruits and vegetables and healthy foods. Um, and so it, it wasn't a hard transition. I was really had a big point of pride when I went to the grocery store and my daughter was maybe three and she was like, broccoli in the in the grocery aisles and this mom was like you have done a good job if your daughter is excited about broccoli so we've incorporated it into our lifestyle from for a very long time but when i was diagnosed with celiac that's when things really were hard because gluten is in everything and i used to make bread on like a weekly basis i'd make seven loaves of bread so removing gluten um, from the family was was a, a bit of my own sacrifice. So at first I would, I tried to not affect them. Um, and over time that just disappeared because it's too much pressure on me. It's not fair to me to be the victim and the champion and the hero at the same time. Hmm. So, you know, um, so it took time. Um, but I think just me, just incrementally changing habits for the family. We started with everybody had gluten, I had gluten-free and they had non-gluten-free and now we just all eat gluten-free over time. So it doesn't happen overnight. These things take time and everybody has to come along the journey with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'll, there's more. I could keep going because there's well, more. But you just tell one me thing, just one thing, to, a couple things to add with that is one like um, with me since I do all the shopping, we just kind of naturally eat more plant based and and. and than other times, uh, but with my kids, they, I taught them to read for certain ingredients like the hydrogenated oils and artificial colors and everything like that. And if we were going to the store and they were all excited because they wanted to buy something, they turn around and they're reading the ingredients and you just yeah. laugh because they're like, womp, womp, and they put it back down because <laughs> they know like there's these certain ingredients that we really look to avoid. And just to give one example for people in Germany, uh, my wife is from Germany, so I have a lot of German references, uh, but like artificial food coloring, red specifically, they have to put a disclosure on mm -hmm. products in Germany because it's been found in their studies to create behavioral issues in children. And over here, you don't see a, a, anything about that. And now they've even gotten clever and they start to call it something else. So instead of red wow. five or whatever, now it's called something else. Cause I was at a, a place called fresh time locally and they pride themselves on having more wholesome ingredients and everything. But now I was like, this is a weird, uh, this is a weird word. I haven't seen this, but I had already bought it. And then I Google it and it's what they're calling an artificial color now. So it was oh, in wow. the product, but now it wasn't being called what people are used to looking at. So you almost have to keep on your game all the time. And it's because it, things are constantly changing with manufacturing and them looking to, I know I'm not going to say they were intentionally being sneaky, but maybe they were, but you have to really keep yourself educated as things change. You can't take for granted what you thought was true today and what things are called that it's not going to change tomorrow. Yeah, I, that so resonates for me. And, and I forget how far we've come there. And um, so, for example, we were at Costco looking for food and uh, they had mango, mango juice. And I was like, really excited. So I, I looked at the label and it was the high fructose corn syrup was the first ingredient. And the juice, the amount of actual juice was 20%. And I'm like, you know what? That label, it should say high fructose corn syrup. 
not juice. <laughs> so to your point, labels lie, you know, the advertising lies. I think to your point, you know, some of the truth is in the label on the nutritional facts on the back. Um, but actually, so my son has, um, he has Crohn's disease. And so that means that his, um, his in, you know, his digestive tract is, it can be very compromised. And we actually manage his Crohn's through food. And so we have taught our son how to read labels and he knows what is acceptable for his dietary guidelines. But then we've also have to take it a step further um, to your point about the labels and can we trust the labels um, and that sometimes we actually have to uh, reach out to the food manufacturer to confirm that what they say on their label is correct. And you'd be surprised at how often that it's not. And they have, um, they call them like emulsifiers um, or um, agents that they put in the food processing um, you know, so it, it is it is a, a massive problem. And actually, you know, the really the, the change to processed food was one of the things that changed the way that um, our bodies as humans react to food. We're really used to chewing it. Um, chewing less has actually affected how well we digest food. And um, it's having more processed food results in less nutrient availability for our bodies. It's crazy. And it's mostly because of um, certainly what's, what's in it as we process it, it strips away nature. So the, the more that it is processed, the later, the less it is like nature and our body needs things that are cl as close to nature as possible to really thrive. Um, and so, you know, the, I think that's just my greatest piece of advice is skip the packages and go straight to the whole food. Absolutely. And, and that brings up what Mike was talking about as he was just contributing like oh, real hi, food and no ingredients. So like if you're just having an apple, like, you know, yes. that's the ingredient, an apple. Yeah. But then you want to be mindful of, well, where did that apple come from? Because I sometimes I, I noticed that I'm at a store and sometimes the grapes feel light because I'll ask my body, how does this feel? And I'll get, yeah, I get it or yeah. no, don't get it. And sometimes it feels light and sometimes it doesn't and so i really started paying attention well, what's the difference between when it feels light and when it doesn't and the ones that didn't feel light they were treated with a very particular type of fungicide and there was a disclosure on the bottom of the grapes so you could barely read it and i'm like yeah. oh so that's it so as you really as people start to come in touch come into resonance with their body and getting that that kind of that dialogue with the, the universe of heavy and light and what's going to be a contribution for you and what's going to take away from you you'll be surprised at what you find doesn't resonate anymore. So yeah. very, very interesting. And then we had um, Anne-Marie just contributing too, that you definitely need to read the labels on all products with the little yeah. frowny face for those who can't see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it just, it does make me, I mean, I'm glad I'm here. Let me start from a place of gratitude, but I'm glad that we have more awareness and education on choices. Let's say that like so many choices um, you, we can choose to eat packaged foods and we can choose not to. So the, the great thing is we do have so many choices at the same time, it can be overwhelming. Which do I choose? So I think the guidelines I might give people, if you're interested in just my top tips for when you are choosing whole food, um, where to go, uh, organic is always best for the uh, dirty dozen. Have you heard of the dirty dozen? Yep, I'd forget what all what they yeah. all are, but like apples, strawberries, things that hold the pesticides more than other yeah. fruits and things. Yeah. yeah, and it changes every year, but strawberries and blueberries are usually at the top, but it's, it's the more um, watery, soft skin foods. So for example, bananas, I wouldn't worry about it. Like don't sh save your money there, um, but it's things like grapes, strawberries, blueberries, leafy greens. Um, so, so every, you know, if, if you were to start anywhere with your dollars, as it relates to where to spend organic, it would be it there. And there's also the clean 15. So there's the clean 15 and the dirty dozen. So just look them up, Google them and prioritize your dollars there. So organic fruits and vegetables where you can afford them is the absolute best way to get, um, the energy to your mitochondria is how I like yeah. to really think about food. And I was in a class once, his name is uh, Dr. I always mispronounce his last name. We'll just call him Dr. Dale. He's a medical doctor who's also a trained medium at Lilydale. And he was teaching a class on Edgar Casey. And Edgar Casey was a, like a medium, a channeler way back in the day that had all this information. But in the class, he was basically saying, even if you're paying more for the food, in the end, now you're not buying the medicine. You're not having to yes. go to the doctor. You're not having to do these things. So he's like, pay more now to pay less later was yeah. kind of his mantra. And it might feel like a budget squeeze now, but when you're not 
needing to go to the doctor as often and you're saving the money on the co-pays or insurance premiums because you're healthier, then it, it, it weighs out better in the long run, basically, is, is what he was saying. That is such a good way to look at it. And um, it's, a very, it's an investment in you. It's an investment in your future. It's an investment in your family and an investment in, in yourself. So I could not agree with that more. And also, I am a vegan. However, vegan does not mean healthy. Like I, <laughs> I, I you know, Oreo cookies are vegan. And, and yes. so like, that's just one example. So like, it, it really comes down to like, what is the best quality ingredients you could put into you? And that by just exponentially helps everything else out. So I just, I, I, I want to say that because I had a lot of vegan friends who were like holier than thou vegans type of thing. Yeah. And like, you know, vegan doesn't mean healthy folks. It's just a lot of lifestyle choices, but really and maybe you have some tools for this. I have a, a, a video on my uh, on my YouTube channel called "The Seed of the Soul" or "Activating the Seed of the Soul," which is an energy process and access consciousness. I teach that the thymus is kind of like the yeah. organ that bridges between the body and the being, and an energy flow mm. process to kind of activate that. And once you start to kind of step into that, you have a greater awareness of what's a contribution for the body. You start to open up that dialogue. Have you found that there's certain practices, yoga, meditation, anything where people can start? to really start to have that creationship with their body again. Yeah, in my experience and working with people, it's easiest to start with the breath. Because um, you know, we we enter this world on an inhale and we exit the world on an exhale. You know, and every gift between is a gift. And so I think helping people to become aware of their breath is the greatest way to bring self-awareness and calm. Because once you begin to calm the body, you can start to calm the mind and then you're more open and able to see things that you wouldn't otherwise have seen because your your mind and your body is so busy giving you messages of discomfort, right? So um, the best way and the best experience is through practicing breath, uh, breath work without question. And it doesn't have to be yeah. complicated. That's the, that's the other message I would like people to have is it's sometimes just a matter of stopping and listening to your breath and feeling what it feels like to inhale and exhale. Um, and one of my favorite things to do uh, at the end of all of the sessions, I do education sessions on wellness as we close with the guided meditation and I teach people just how to breathe. Yeah, well, a couple things with breath and also Lily Doe. I studied there for a couple of years when I was getting certified as a medium and all that fun stuff. But Barbara Sanson, who runs the Healing Temple, she started her lecture when she taught her class as the breath is the first and last possession you have yes. in this lifetime. Yes. And as a healer, it is your greatest tool because without your breath, you have nothing. And that was really hit home for me when I started to go into my apprenticeship for the Paco Kuna tradition of Peru, we had to pick our most sacred healing item. And I picked this mm. little clay flute called an ocarina because it represented my breath. And there's a lot of other representation too, but that's how important the breath is. And it brings you to the moment. And to your point, keep it simple because I'm in a breath yeah. class right now with my teacher and <laughs> we, we're doing some like way off the hook breath work. It doesn't have to be that crazy. It can be very simple, like a simple circular breath or uh, they, there's all kinds of different ones that they are good for different things, but pick something and and anchor it would be the other thing. And when you, whatever you practice it, uh, some sort of anchoring technique so that when you need it, you can hit that anchor and you're right in as though you had just done an hour worth of breath work or meditation. It's such a useful tool. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can calm the body and the mind in, um, in 20 seconds if, if you're well-practiced. Uh, but it, I think it, you know, it took me three years to get to 20 seconds. So, <laughs> <laughs> and every day is different too. Like, you know, I was meditating earlier today and I'm like this, I'm not even entering the realm of calm you know and but that is a part of the meditative practice though i think that's also important to know is that when it comes to mindfulness or meditation we all have this idea that it's supposed to be like this but actually the experience that you have is the most correct experience you could possibly have so it's 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 all a part of the practice the stress the busy mind that i'm not i'm not thinking about this right now that is meditation so i think it's also awareness that perfection is not the goal the goal is to be present just that's it the goal is to be present with yourself and your breath and your thoughts and your feelings and you are closer yeah. to connection with your body I thought I had the book near me, but I guess I don't. There's a, a passage from Neil Donald Walsh. It's, I think, in his um, Conversations with God book two. There's a whole paragraph or the last page of one of the chapters is all about meditation. And it talks about how all of life becomes a meditation, which you're contemplating the divine. And so like the meditation practice is just you getting used to being able to keep that with you through your everyday moments. 
and the anchoring tool that I used, because I used to work in banking 10 years. Like I said, I was uh, around in risk management during Hurricane Katrina, and people are all kind of calling in because they're having financial hardship, and I was in the risk unit and hearing all the stories and everything. So it kind of uh, fast forwarded my drinking a little bit back then. But what I found is once I had a meditative practice, I would just take three deep breaths before I'd started to meditate. And if I got knocked off balance on a call, I just put them on hold, three deep breaths, and I was right back to center as though I had just gone through the whole practice. So it it can be so, so great when you have an anchor. And just a reminder for everyone, if you have questions, if you have comments, uh, please go ahead and make them. We love to take the conversation where you'd like to go. If you have something specific that you're struggling with, either mentally, physically, emotionally, um, spiritually, uh, definitely put them in the comments. We'd love to to speak to those. And to connect with Renee, I have all her contact information on the screen. But for those who listen on the podcast afterwards, you can go to healthyinspiredyou.com. Or if you're an Instagram person, I'm, I'm getting way better with Instagram now. I'm actually doing lives and everything. It's like a whole new world on Instagram. And I did my first TikTok yesterday. Oh, man, oh congratulations. Yeah. I have not done that yet. <laughs> yeah, well, then we can uh, challenge you to make a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it went really well. But her Instagram is at Renee Andreessen. And Andreessen is spelled A-N-D-R-E-A-S-E-N. You can yeah. email her with Renee at Healthy Inspired You. Or if you just go to Facebook, put in Renee Andreessen. If you can't find her, if there's a whole bunch of Renees, message me. I'll make sure you find the real Renee Andreessen. And that's all the different ways that you can connect with her. And I know on your website, if people wanted to take a deeper dive with you, I think if I remember it, because I always look at people's websites before I interview them, I kind of stalk them and see what kind of goodies they might offer. You actually do like a 30 minute, yeah. just like discovery call. Uh, if people wanted to kind of take a deep dive and, and get a little bit more focused on what might be their first steps to get started. Yeah, I think to your point, you know, I was I was called to this to serve. You know, my health journey led me through a discovery and I did it by myself. And so my I don't want anybody to suffer as I did. So I would like to serve if anybody um, needs some help or wants to talk through something. My calendar is open. It's available to you for for any time. So I'd love to be able to serve by offering uh, 30 minutes with any person for any reason. Absolutely. And you can find that on our website, like I said. And I do the same thing in case people didn't realize. Like I have a discovery call and people can just ask questions, see if what I offer yeah. is like for them. And in that time, there's usually like, well, if this is going on. You can do this, this, and this. And that might you know mitigate it. And if they need something more elaborate, then, uh, then we go down that rabbit hole as well. But it really, like to your point, it's about being a service. It took me how many years screwing myself up? And then I actually yeah. got, I got sober and I went and trained at Lilydale. And now my target is, well, you, you can do what I did in a much shorter time frame because I, <laughs> I made yeah. all the mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you don't have to. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just got inspired by what you said. You know, it's yeah. um, that is the value, I think, that I certainly have found in working um, with and being open to help is, uh, you know, when when I was in the middle of what was going on, I felt so desperate, um, not really knowing what to do and going to a, a spiral of how, how do, is this the rest of my life? I actually had moments where I was like, is this the rest of my life? This is sucks because I'm 40. <laughs> and I got like, hopefully 60 years. Like, I don't remember. I was like, if this is 40, what is 50 and then 80? And so that's when I had that light bulb moment where I've got to take charge of this. And so I really did seek um, out a very strong network. And so I think, you know, if you, if you don't mind, I think one of the bind, the body's mind, spirit connection things for me as it relates to help was actually, I worked with a, um, a, um, a mind body counselor. So there are actual counselors who are mind body counselors. So they look at um, all aspects of life and build um, mindfulness and meditation into a part of the discussion and and to help with self-discovery. And and so I'm just so grateful for having that experience myself so that I can bring it um, to help others is this awareness that it's the mind is, is connected to the body and the way that we treat one affects the other. And if you don't mind, I would love to like teach for a moment on yeah. the vagus nerve. It's have, if, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. There's no okay. rules here. We make up the rules as we go. So okay, this is good. So, like. Yeah. So, so the mind body spirit connection is it, there's more than just the energetic side of things. There's also the physiological part of our body that is actually designed to help us when we need it. And so every, you've heard of the fight or flight, right? Mm-hmm. 
everybody's heard of fight or flight. There's also freeze, which is a very helpful approach, um, but we can get stuck in it. And, but the fight or flight gets a bad rap. Um, it's actually designed to help us. So there's, um, and the way that we get in connection with our fight or flight is through this thing called the vagus nerve. I'm sure you know, do you know about the vagus nerve? You know, I can't tell you exactly what all its function is, but I have a tuning fork specifically for that. And I'm, oh, often, that's great. I'm often called to use it on people. So I know it's a common okay. theme with people, but I, I haven't yeah. studied anatomy to know what it does. Well, this is something we should have learned in kindergarten. I, I can't, when I learned about it, at, you know, the ripe age of, I think, 45, I was like, why did I not know about this? So this vagus nerve is a nerve that runs from your, basically kind of your stomach all the way up into your brain. And it, it is the thing that turns on or off our fight or flight mechanism. And so how fast we breathe or how shallow we breathe helps send this nerve a message of either relax or be alert. And so the way that we, um, this is the, the vagus nerve and the breath is the portal to calm and a portal to the part of our body that we don't control specifically. And it's designed to help us either flee from danger or chill out. And so um, the vagus nerve is actually, um, it's, it, it is um, a, the diaphragm sends the vagus nerve a message. And so, so think about that, that the diaphragm is, is in our chest underneath our, our um, rib cage. And as we breathe slowly, that sends a message through the nerve to the brain, I'm calm. So that's why this breath work works so well is because we actually are designed physiologically to have cues from the way that we breathe. And so um, as it sends messages to the brain, that calm, slow breath says, and I feel better already. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's how it took. That was nice. Anyway, so that hits the, the right side of the brain, which is the relaxation side of the brain. And then the left side of the brain is, I haven't figured out the L word for this yet, but it's like alert. So right, relax, left, alert. I don't know how else to say that. So the the way we activate the alert side, the I'm, I'm ready to perform or, or run because it's dangerous, is by breathing shallow and fast and through the chest. So we are we are actually physiologically designed to be able to control our, our, our mind and our body. And I don't think a lot of people know this. So this nerve has many, many branches. It affects our digestion. It affects our organ function. So if anyone wants to get a hold of their thyroid or has like hormonal issues, the first place to start is with breath and breathing slowly because it turns on this more evolved, relaxed, processing um it's called rest and digest state for the body and this is science yep. <laughs> you know like it's great two things with that for people who are interested in starting to control that a little bit more on last friday on stir crazy shamans which is another show i do with my friend uh, casey mcbride he's been really doing a lot of breath work as well as freeze therapy. So he'll go into like an oh, ice right. chest, a modified ice chest, where it's like literally below 32 degrees, uh, this water, and you go into like this, and then you do breathing techniques while you're submerged, and you bring yourself to yourself to a place of calm. And it's basically telling the body, this isn't really a threat, like we're calm now. And mm -hmm. it starts to get that physiological impulse to go into flight or flight under war control. And then the other thing, if you have like pick four breath techniques, one for each kind of brainwave that you would want to go into. There's alpha, theta, beta, delta. Mm. I think I got them all. But anyway, there's bi something called binaural beats. Yes. And so if you listen to music with the binaural beat of the brainwave that you want to go with and then combine that with the breathing exercise, you're going to be in training your brain, not only with the breath, but also going to a very specific brain frequency and they can work really good in tandem. See, yeah. I can nerd out with the science stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> well, and do you mind if I take it a step further as well oh, to just explain uh, that let's from push my... The envelope. <laughs> yeah, this I love this because we have it's the same it's the same stuff, right? It's the same stuff, it's the same concepts, but it's different application. And my application is through um I love to find easy things to help us get in touch with um the the more spiritual connected side. So when um when you talk about those those kind of hertz, you you call it is you call them brain waves, right? And mm -hmm. the you said them better than I would, the alpha, the beta, the um so what those what you're able to do through that modality or that method is tap into what happens to us when we're sleeping. So as so we're naturally designed, we have a natural process during sleep, which is like REM, wake, and um, and deep sleep. And so each of these parts of our sleep cycle 
create a different wavelength for our brain. And that, that deep restorative, um, deep sleep is the thing that helps us repair, which helps us to not have disease. And so we used to think that the only way that you could gain access to that was through sleeping and having that deep restorative sleep at night. However, to your point, different modalities help us help activate our body into tapping into those repair and um, relax and restore mechanisms while we're awake. And, and so specifically when we're in a deep meditative state, um, they've done measurements on brain waves comparative to that deep restorative sleep at nighttime. So being at a very relaxed state while meditating is can mimic or replicate that which you get at sleep, which is like the hardest time um, to get to it. So I bring this up for people who have a hard time with insomnia or don't sleep well um, and worry about all that lost repair or that lost sleep at night is you can actually achieve it as well through meditation. And then if you do wake up at night or have insomnia in my breathing class, they, he was giving one breath that if you're awake and you can't sleep, you do this one breath and it helps you go to the place where you fall asleep easier. Yeah. So all this stuff intertwines and you can go about the same thing through different ways and yeah. everybody's path to this might look a little bit different. Like, so for me, I went to all these healing modalities, shamanism and all that. You had your thing more with nutrition and, and fitness and that type of thing and diet. And now I'm doing the diet thing. So like you can oh, see, you, like, are. Just, Tell me. you know, well, no, no, just like being vegan oh, and I, vegan. Did, I did the yeah. master cleanse just recently and like dropped like almost 40 pounds in a very short period of time, which the point of the cleanse is to detox. It's not to lose weight, yeah. but it was a very nice side effect. But I'm being very mindful about that. And I'm just uh, enrolling now for like a 500 hour uh, yoga teacher training. And I'm going to be incorporating that into some of my sound concerts and things. Doing it more for me, though, because I don't do anything. The only exercise I do is the forklift. And I do that three times a day. And I know that's a terrible <laughs> joke, but, that's, but, but I haven't really focused on that. I focused on the spiritual side, the mental side, the emotional, yes. and now I'm doing the physical. So no matter where you are in that place, like you, you, you find the one that's easy for you and then you start to build in with the other ones. And then you end up having this holistic, um, you, you know, you get everything that you need from all places, but give yourself a break. Some things come easier for, for us in some areas than others. And, yeah. you know, you, so refine your strengths, but don't forget about the other places of opportunity at the same time. Yeah. I, I love what the thing that you brought up just more than anything is self-awareness you're just, you're aware, you're taking stock. And, um, and that's, that is the practice of stopping and pausing and assessing things that in itself gives you so much power, because it creates a chance an invitation for a transformation. So when we listen to ourselves, and we take a break, it's an invitation to listen to the body and say, what is what is my body and mind telling me right now? Can I give an example? <laughs> Absolutely. And I love little corny rhymes, by the way, an invitation for a transformation. <laughs> I'm going to be using that. I got a bunch of them. I got, I got a bunch. We could, we could go through each one. But my, my other, my other favorite one is, is um, clear, calm, create and connect. So, so when I think about somebody who's in a, a time ready for transformation, and that means that you're something about your body, your energy, your mind, it's overtaxed or busy. And it again, this is an invitation for transformation is when your body is giving you signals that like something's off. I need to, there's something that needs to be fixed. So I start with clear. And that and so meaning like what can you clear from your life? What can you clear from your diet? What can you clear from your schedule? So for hmm. me, it's schedule. So today I had to do clear, calm, create, and connect. And so my clear was I was stressed out, too busy. My son, we had to take him to the urgent care last night. That was not planned or like fun and everything's fine, but it created a level of stress. And I have a lot to do today and my priorities this podcast. So I'm like clear clear my schedule. So I actually cleared some things out. I'm move my next appointment behind so I could create some calm for myself, right? So clear the stressor, create some calm, and then you can connect with yourself and other people better. So that, that's kind of the model that I like to, to follow when it comes to when somebody's ready for change or transformation. It's like clear, calm, create connection. And the connection could, again, it's like to the body or to others or to the thing that I'm doing right now where I need to be really focused. It's just an easy mental model to follow. 
one thing I really love is asking questions with other than the question why, because that's a looping question. It doesn't serve people too often. But I like I would ask the question, what energy, space, consciousness and choice could your body Ooh. be beyond be to create ah. the, to the, you know, the greatest you you could possibly be today? Or oh, if you have things that aren't, you could ask the question of what things are in my life that are not being a contribution to the beingness I want to become. And like, see what you notice, because if you ask a question like that, you're leaving it open ended. And then the brain starts going, well, what is blah, 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 yes. blah, blah. And they, they, yeah. they can show it in topographical brain mapping. When you engage in a question like that, it just opens the door to possibility. And then you might notice things that, well, that's not really helping me out with what I would like to create in my life. Let's get yeah. rid of that. Because it really, it just kind of like makes everything sparkle that that is needs to be noticed <laughs> in a situation. I love that you just said sparkle. Thank yeah, you. Sparkle. Well, 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 you know, the reason I said that too, like right before we went on, my friend Shauna, she had just posted this thing and she had some sort of glitter filter on her, uh, oh, her live stream. And so she's talking and she's just like sparkly. I'm just like, that's so cool. I got to see if I can get my, this little glitter filter and be yeah. sparkly when I live stream. I love it. Yeah. I think I love what you said because to your point, it's just a different approach, a different modality. It's all the same thing as the practice of pausing, assessing, and then deciding, you know, because sometimes we could decide to do nothing uh, or sometimes we can just decide to like love ourselves and forgive ourselves. Right. And choices and our choices yeah. that have impact. Yeah. So just I think that's the point of all this is and I think it goes back to where we started is put it on your calendar, you know, <laughs> put it on your calendar. If you need to meditate, put it on the calendar. If you need to exercise, put it on the calendar. If you need to plan a grocery shop. So, so if you ever want to gain control of your life and, and your mind or your spirit, it's, it's really making time for it as if you're, you're guarding your life. You, you, you are a lifeguard, your, your own lifeguard and your calendar is what guards your lifetime. <laughs> right. And just to go back to like the roots of manifestation, thought, word, and deed, you can think about exercising all you'd like, but yeah. if, you, if you don't actually do something to start to formulate that thought into an action, yes. like put it in your calendar, I'm going to exercise today okay, and then good. actually do it. So that's like aligned manifestation. That's like in this plane of reality, you need thought, word, and deed, but then there's also congruent manifestation and that is being aligned with your choices, body, being, spirit, and being aligned this way. So it's congruency and alignment. And when you have both firing on all cylinders, magic happens that's where the miracles happen and life transformations happen very quickly you don't have to spend 28 years to unscrew yourself up right it can happen very quickly if you're aligned and you're congruent yeah and let's not forget that we're never done <laughs> yeah that's a spoiler alert no matter how Sorry, much but... you work on yourself you always are going to be refining and expanding and learning and growing awareness never just ends it's just the beginning of the rest of your journey and so i like to think of it as a, a some people call it a journey but it's really life is an adventure you know i think it changes right. how we think about things it makes it a lot a, more fun there's a saying in aa that they have that they say mm -hmm. it's spiritual we practice spiritual progress not perfection because yes. the perfections did you know that's a trap people fall into the the i call it the prison of perfection oh, that yeah. i don't want to start offering my services as a healer until I got it right. And then yeah. people never start. And so it's like this prison because they always need the one extra thing in order to finally figure it out in order to do the thing they call offer and be a service. But the truth is everybody has a medicine gift right now oh, yeah. that, you, that you could start sharing with the world and give yourself the benefit of the doubt and realize that nobody's perfect and start yeah. being you and offering your gifts. And that like that's when the world will change is when we can all be in that space of authenticity. Yeah. And so you're, you're so speaking the truth because, okay, I do this stuff. I've got great um, information. I know everything in the whole world. My cholesterol is 236. <laughs> so yeah, so, like, so I don't know if that's good or bad. That's or... high. That's okay. the, you don't want it. Like 190 is kind of like the, the highest you want to, I don't know. It's different for everybody. So basically the bottom line is, you know, I, I keep myself accountable. I keep myself on track. Um, and some of my cholesterol marker, one cholesterol marker is way too high. And so, you know, I, t I teach people how to do this stuff, but um, I'm always refining it myself. Yeah. And, and I know what the culprit is, is I went on a chip, uh, um, like a, a sweet potato chip, like, I don't know what it was called vacation where I ate it whenever I wanted. And one day I think I only ate like sweet potato chips all day, um, but they're cooked in safflower oil, which um, vegetable oils are very dangerous for your inflammation and cholesterol and, and your just overall health. And so I overdid it. So I was like, okay, no more chips, <laughs> no more chips and coconut oil. That, that, 
that did not help my situation. See, and that's where doing something to stay connected with the body, like the breathing exercises, the mindfulness, or the thymus exercise, which is on the channel. Like, what can you do so that you're in a constant communion with your body? Because, like, I get like when I started my cleanse, I didn't even know know it was coming. My body was like, "Hey, look at those lemons! You should get all these lemons." So I'm like buying bags oh, of lemons, and, cool. and then I get home and I'm looking at what I bought. I'm like, "Oh, I'm doing a cleanse." And I started yeah. that night, and I went like 28 days and only had like my lemonade drink. And then the day that I thought I was gonna keep going, and my body's like, "No." you need to go get pineapple and pistachios. I'm like, okay, so we'll do that. But it, you, you really, like if, if you spend the time to develop that communion with the body, then all that, you know, but we still, we all, we're human. We're going to start going into reaction mode in some cases instead of responding yeah. mode. But the more you, the more quickly you catch yourself and you bring yourself back to that place of choice, then, and like you said, the key is awareness, like being aware that when you start to do something and then having the courage or the conviction to choose differently, even though you really are being led down a, an autopilot stream here, like start to choose and create something different. Yeah, and do you mind if I ask you to, out of a point of curiosity, is what's your go-to technique for calm? Three deep breaths, because I have it anchored. Now, if I'm working with somebody brand new, what I typically do is like, well, this is a green screen, but this is like my office. So you can kind of see. Oh, you like have a I, green screen. Like I okay. have all this fun stuff in my office. And so like, I will tell them that as we go through the whole experience, at some point, I'm just going to take their finger and I'm going to press my finger on their knuckle like this. And what we're doing is an NLP technique to set an anchor. So what, what, I've, what I've armed them with is when they leave my office and they have a stressful situation, they can hit that anchor and it brings them back to the state of peace and calm that they had while they were seeing me. Interesting. Now, oh, now yeah, they yeah. don't have that. You they, you tell someone like if you're just doing it virtually and whatnot. When was the time you felt the most calm in your entire life? Mm. Like the moment that you know you've been nonstop locked up with your kids for a year because of lockdown, yeah. right? And they finally your in laws get the vaccine and you can send them off for a weekend. This is not a true story. I'm making this up, right? But uh, well, but that moment, that moment that you drop them off and you're just like, ah, and you have that moment of relaxation. Yeah. And like, like if you can find a place where you know that this was a, a huge react time and you allow yourself to go back there and while you're there, you set that anchor. And yeah. if it's techniques like that, anything you can do to shift, well, part of it's just noticing, hey, I'm stressed. Right as soon as you notice that and you're choosing a different action, that's what we would call an interrupt in NLP or an um they have other terms for it. I can't think of another. Oh, EMDM, uh, eye movement desensitization reprogramming is like another technique where you take the brain out of the normal thought process and you establish a new pattern. So yeah. whatever you're doing, you're stopping the normal trend. You're doing something different. And then you just need to notice and be consistent when, when you choose that. And that becomes an anchor to slip into. Yeah. I, I, again, you're, you're just going back to, it's all the same stuff. It's just a different just modality, kind of right? Yep. So, because a lot, so what I do, a lot of what I do is habits based. And so we are all, we all have habits. And my habit is I wake up every morning and I make my coffee and I enjoy my coffee and I make that coffee with a coconut coffee creamer. And so the, I can't have coconut anymore. Right. So I know I realized this morning, oh, I need to break that habit of the coconut creamer. And I didn't have a plan for that. And I was like, what do I do? So it felt really uncomfortable to be out of my normal pattern. And it kind of disrupted my morning. But actually disrupting patterns is a good thing because then it makes the pattern easier to break. And so that's where, um, you know, neuroplasticity comes in. So we, we are mm -hmm. habit-based individuals. So this is the neuroscience-y, you know, um, science side of things is that as humans, we desire to have safety and belonging. That's our first need. And um, for some people, most people, patterns are a sign of safety. Even if that safety, that pattern is leading us to an undesirable outcome, we will still pick that pattern because it's safe. So we actually have to be comfortable being uncomfortable to get to greater life transformation and health. And the more we actually feel uncomfortable, the easier it is to break all the patterns and find the ones that work for us. And then here's the other thing. Once you get a pattern that's starting to work well for you, uh, you can even make it even better. So it's all about this idea earlier of we are patternistic people. We find safety and, and calm in the pattern. The pattern may not be good for us or it may be good for us. And whatever we do at any given time, if we want to make a change, if we change one thing, everything else becomes easier. So I think really if people, if people are comfortable getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, that is, that is how we transform.
but it's yeah. awareness. You start with awareness so you can transform. And there's, um, well, there's two things because you know, like I said, I'm an acronym nerd. So like ego <laughs> is edging God out. And okay. it, and, I, and the ego's job, the way that I've been taught is to keep you safe and it will let you choose the same bad thing again because it knows yes. you survived it. And it freaks out over new possibility because it doesn't know the outcome. It only bases things on past data. And then with the element of fear, especially if you're a firstborn, I have found that you oftentimes mm. start to misidentify excitement with fear. And people mm. know I've talked about this a lot because you're excited to explore the world and parents are like, <gasps> don't, you know, and you're picking up on your yes. parents' fear yes. of you getting hurt, right? Mm -hmm. So the acronym for fear that I tell people is feeling excited and ready and know that when you feel that fear, is it fear? And I've given this example from Disney World my son, oldest son would not go on any of the rides. Like we would have to, one person would wait and then someone would go and then the other parent would go in. My son, Oliver loved it because he would get to go on twice because he would let you still take somebody else. But my oldest son wouldn't ride any of them. And we're in line for Slinky Dog, which is a pretty, compared to all the other rides, it was probably the most aggressive ride. It was mm. much more of a thrill ride. And I thought, I remembered this from uh, who I learned it from, Neil Donald Walsh in one of the Amazon Prime series where he was kind of doing life coaching for people on stage. He had given this acronym and I, I remembered it and I go, Max, are you excited or are you, af or are you afraid? And he thought about it. He's like, I'm excited. And he went on that Aww. roller coaster and he absolutely loved it. So it really raises the question of how much of our automated pilot our autopilot is things that we learned as a child that are so anchored that if you really just took a moment to look at them, you could re-identify and reclassify as something yes. that would be a contribution to your life instead of a limitation. Yes, absolutely. Have you read the four agreements? Yeah. Don Miguel Ruiz a long time yes. ago. I couldn't quote any of them right now. It's been like no, 20 it's plus okay. years, but it's but a great book. Yeah. And, and it just, it does talk about that, the, the dream of the planet that we are all in a dream and we don't know it's actually a nightmare. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> But it's all about conditioning and how every, and his, I think the thing that always stuck with me is for anything that you believe that, and it's actually something you believe you believe, it's actually just an agreement to believe something. Like, so meaning that, and this is like one of my favorite examples is I can question anything. Everything is up for debate. Anything I believe or think such as, this is so crazy. <laughs> am I a woman? I can choose to not be a woman. Like I have that much leeway and power in my life to number one, ask myself, do I identify as a woman? And the answer may be no. You know, my parents growing up, that was not even something that could remotely be explored. But now we have so much freedom to question everything. And and I there is value in questioning everything because it helps us center again, pause, assess, decide. Yeah, I'm a woman. <laughs> I decided. I agree. I'm a woman. Um, but I love the that we have the freedom. That's where you gain freedom is you allow yourself to question every belief and you give your permission, yourself permission to change. Changing can be hard, right? That's that's where you need well, these modalities. We're it could also about, be but. easy. I'm all about it. It could also be easy. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm making it well, overly dramatic. Well, where people really get, people when they value their story and, mm -hmm. and you have 28 years of pain or whatever trauma and drama of your life until you got to this point and you're now you're looking to heal yourself yeah. and you go to the healer and it's like, what do you mean? I could have 30 seconds and have all this gone. It's because we we value the story. And if you can let go of the value of the trauma and the drama and only carry forward the pearls, that is like a huge I thing that people that. can do. How, but it's like people love their story. And like, what would it take for you to let go of all that and destroy and uncreate every place that you've come from to step into a new possibility instantly with total ease? Yeah. And it, and it could be that easy. But we, especially the Western mind, we love yeah. we love to go through all of our stuff and really understand what we're getting rid of. <laughs> Well, you know, I, and you just, you hit what you said resonated for me so much because um, I think we, we attach a story to an experience, an experience. So something that happened to us is an experience and we choose whether or not we put it in our story. So I could choose to put um, a whole bunch of stuff in my story <laughs> that I don't want to because I've consciously decided that's not who I am. Maybe that one day I did that one thing and that was an experience I had, but that's not my story. That's not a part of me. So I think it's this freedom and awareness to realize that whatever happens in life is an experience 
and it's how we see that experience and whether or not we attach it to our story or our narrative. And then because we see life as humans, we have always passed on things through stories. And that's how we have made it to where we are before there was writing or recording. It was everything was story based. And so the, even the, the story that they believed was the story of the person before them. So like imagine all the stories that may be just some other version of the truth. So I think it's just knowledge and awareness is power. And then realizing you can decide what your story is at any time by picking up a different experience that you had or will have. And I like the idea of manifesting. I'm sure you do that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm mani you know, manifesting the future by telling a story about what is going to happen. That's kind of my favorite. I love that so much. Though so I'm big on distinguishing between two energies. One is actualization and one is manifestation. And actualization is that it shows up and manifestation is how it shows up. So I, I love both have a, a purpose, uh, but the, where the caveat is, is if you choose to tell the universe, I'm manifesting abundance and the only way you're willing to receive it is through the thing called a pay raise, then it'll oh, take yeah. the universe much longer to do that. But if, you, if you're in the energy of actualization is that it shows up. The only condition I give the universe is have this show up with ease. Or if you remember Joy from uh, the the class that we did together, she would say this or better. Like she's leaving mm. the possibility open that I'm not going to get so caught up on the how it shows up, just that it shows up this or better or with total ease or whatever little variants that you want to. And I give the example of like the evil genie, right? I wish for a million gold or whatever. And the pile of money appears above his head and crushes the guy. So yeah. you, you, you want to say with ease, but other than that, let the universe like bring it to you, however, it's going to be able to, the infinite possibilities are there for you to, to receive. Yeah. It. Yeah, not being attached to the outcome. Yeah. But, yeah, that's the thing is it, it, the hardest for me, um, I, for everybody. I mean, we're all attached to something. We're all attached to an outcome. Um, and I think just having awareness of that. So, so that's why I always like to help people think about their values. Because if we follow and make decisions based off of our values rather than the outcome we want, then we will always be delighted. And we will always have confidence and calm that we're, we're doing the best thing we can for ourselves and for others. So I've, I don't know about you, but you know, in my corporate life, <laughs> when I was like, getting promoted is, is the sign of success and, and then you don't get promoted. So therefore I am not successful. Like that's, yeah. that's not helping anybody. So showing up, doing what you love, sharing your message and serving the world, that feels a lot better than wanting to get promoted, you know? Right. Oh, well, even having a corporate job, like what I do, like people are like, <laughs> when are you going to get a real job? Like when I left the bank, are, what are you going to do now? I'm like, this is what I'm going to do now. And they're like, yeah. what do you mean? I'm like, this is a you know, everything lined up perfectly, but yeah. we have the idea you got to get married and get a job and, and things are changing yeah. now. Like not everybody's thinking that way anymore, but those are projections from our parents and society of this is how you should be the cog in the machine in what we call the world. And what if you could step out of that and ask really the question, how could I be more me than any day up until now? What would yeah. it take? And like entering a question like that, it just blows the door out from a possibility. You might end up moving and just being a Mexican fisherman. And I use that story <laughs> specifically because there's a whole story around Osho and that, that he just did what he loved. He got to go home, take a siesta, play hide and seek with the kids. And a, a businessman from America said, well, if you could do this, then you could have more fish if you had two people doing it, then buy a boat. And when he got to the end and then the guy, the fisherman says, well, what would I do then? He's like, well, then you could retire from that, move to a small little village, just fish for fun, talk to people like me. And it came, had come full circle showing that you get caught up in the rat race yes. and you could just step out and really just be and how much more fun would that be than getting caught up with the you should be this in the world and all the projections and expectations of society yeah so and i feel compelled to ask you now like how did you gain your mental freedom what was your turning moment oh getting sober was one okay <laughs> was clarity clear well, clearly calm well, <laughs> the thing is, I'm a natural intuitive from birth due to a near-death experience, so I was always on. And as an empath, we don't necessarily get taught that everything that we are aware of isn't ours. Like, we, I didn't know that. And so, like, when you pick up on other people's pain, fear, anger, resentment, like, you think it's yours, but it's not. And so I medicated as soon as I could. And, like, just the awareness now, like, oh, that's an interesting energy. Like I don't get caught up in other awarenesses of other people. That was like a huge freeing thing, but that it, it's all about noticing and being clear. And we did have a question. We were going to wrap it an hour. Do you have uh, time for a question? Oh, yeah, I, oh my gosh, the time is flying. Yeah. Sure. You have a couple yeah. more minutes. Yep. Yeah. So we had Gabriel just saying mm. that I am in flight 
or a uh, fight. I can't talk now. <laughs> fight or flight mode 24 hours a day. I have done all sorts of things and still don't know why I feel like that. Any tips on getting out of that state? And I don't know if you, you, you heard the whole broadcast or not. We talked a little bit about meditation and breath work and things like that, even freeze therapy, if you want to check out last Friday's episode of Stir Crazy Shamans. But for just based on the energy of, of this question, what tips do you feel would be most prudent for uh, Gabrielle? And, and her question to us about tips and tricks to get out of that state. Yeah, my first response is just a great sense of empathy and compassion for being in a state like that, um, because I've been there I, and I know what it's like. So I guess my message to you is it is absolutely possible um, and you can, you will get there. You will get there. And again, um, feel free to reach out to me for a 30 minute chat. And if you want to talk about this. And so first there are actually, I just learned about this yesterday. I don't know a lot about it and I, I want to learn more, but there's actually a technique that one of my healer knows um, that can shock, you know, take you right out of it. And it's, it's a procedure. It's, it's like $450, but I'd say like, that's worth it. But then also, I don't know how many people teach it. So just know that getting uh, a bunch of healers on your side is really the greatest way to go. And so they're nutritionally, I will say, um, so that that immediate I'm healed thing is I'd say rare. Know that it takes time and it's an adventure to get back to calm. So you think about clear, calm. What it, what in my life is, is creating chaos or this sense of um, nervousness and how do I clear it so that I can create the life that I want to have connect with others. So it it is an adventure to get there. But so when I think about the things that you can clear the most right away, it's things, stimulants, alcohol, sugar, alcohol and sugar, I tell you. So if that's in your diet, get them out, crowd in healthy, nutritious, um, whole foods and healthy fats and proteins into your diet. So then at least from a nutritional perspective, you're not continuing to fill the well with toxins there. Um, and then also there are some really nice supplements um, that can help you create calm. And I feel safe saying this. So let me just say, okay, we're getting in the doctor realm. I'm not licensed, but I know <laughs> that from experience, my favorite things are magnesium glycinate is fabulous. It actually breaks the blood brain barrier and it helps your, your brain relax. And a lot of people are magnesium deficient. So I, you know, there's a lot here. So I'd say it's, it's look at what's, what's creating stress and clear it to have more calm. And usually it's, it's around sleep, diet and exercise specifically, um, you know, making sure that you're moving that will help with this fight or flight as well. So nutritionally it's blood sugar balance, getting rid of stimulants, alcohol, caffeine, um, and even smoking, which, you know, I don't, th that's where I'd start. Well, and if you are a smoker, there's things we can do for around that too. And I'm more of a, mm -hmm. In shamanism, I would be called the Paco tradition that I that I follow. I would be considered a yachai healer. Like I'm, a, I'm more of a mental healer. So my my tools would be to ask a question. One, if you are an empath at all, yeah, uh, ask is it mine? Because that fight or flight, especially with the state of COVID and everything, what if mm -hmm. you're picking up on everybody else's anxiety and and all that? And if you have a, a an awareness that that's not yours, send it back to center or send return to center with consciousness and really start. There's an app from Access Consciousness called Who Does It Belong To. You can download it on iPhones or Android, and you just set a little timer, and it's it, it will just go bing. And it's your reminder to ask in that moment, who does this belong to? And oh, you do that for at least three days and you'll find that 90 some percent of what you're aware of isn't even yours. And then That's my true. other, and then my other question that would be is yeah. what can I be to create something different and asking that question to the universe. If you're feeling like fight or fight or flight, what else is possible? What energy could you be to have a different possibility show up? I like that. And do you mind if we just go back to, cause in case they weren't here for this, but uh, Oh yeah, we can go back and, but I will, I'm going to post, talk about okay. the website in a moment, Gabriella, and that will be, uh, it has all the information on uh, booking like a 30 minute consultation uh, with Renee. So we'll have that up yeah. in, but yeah, let's uh, do a recap of some of the things that might be useful for, because I'm sure there might be a lot of people that didn't catch the beginning. And if you don't go watch the replay, which you all should, because there's <laughs> a lot of good information. If you think this part is good, like you should really hear the beginning, right? <laughs> I know, right. Yeah. But, but getting back to the, the greatest way to create calm and I'm repeating what's earlier. So maybe rewind it, but I'll just say research the, the vagus nerve, V-A-G-U-S 
nerve. And, and so by breath, you can tap into the calm side of your brain through repetition of breathing and doing it often um, as a general practice will help you reset your, your nervous system. Yeah. And thank you. And I'll also say too, um, you know, if my calendar, I only leave a certain amount of time open for the networking or free discovery sessions. So if that the times available don't work for you because of time zones, just send me a message, send me a question message, or um, get connect with me through through Facebook. I think I know we're about to wrap up here. But Hank, I, I just I love this. I love talking about this. I love making meeting people in the space of, of helping and healing others. And I'm just I'm just extremely um, grateful for anybody who listened today. And I hope, I think it's help one person every day. If, if, if I could just help one person um, have a portal into getting access to the life that they love, um, I'm, I feel like I've, I've had a good day. Yeah, and I had that acronym ready because I think we got it from the same place. Helping one person every day. That is the definition of hope. And then I also love for heal, helping everyone appreciate life. Healing's not always a cure, but it can be as simple as a change of point of view that could change everything. And yeah. to connect with Renee, you can just go to her website. You'll find right on the top page, there's a booking for her discovery call, which is a 30 minute call. And that's an important thing you said about the time zone, because ironically, one of the places that people download my podcast the most from is Australia. And oh, they're, wow. they're like, they're like way on the other side, you know, and, and like yeah. way out the different time zone. I think it's, I don't even know what it is now, if it's tomorrow or yesterday. Uh, but you can go to her website, healthyinspiredyou.com. You could email her if uh, if you need more information than what's on the website at Renee at healthyinspiredyou. I believe at .com you need to. Yep. I, I didn't put that in. Oops. That's okay. Yeah, well, if you're, that's only for the visual people anyway. And then on Instagram, you could connect with her at Renee Andreessen. And I will be up, well, actually, we're over an hour, so I have to split it. I usually upload these to Instagram TV, but if it's over an hour, then I can't. But oh, it will be on the YouTube channel. It will be on all the Facebook uh, channels. It's on Twitter right now. So, I mean, you have a lot of places where you could go back and watch the replay. My preference, though, please uh, consider the YouTube channel and subscribing. And then uh, as soon as this posts to the podcast, I will post links for iTunes, iHeartRadio, if you prefer to consume just audioly you can uh, get the replay that way and then also on facebook it is renee andreessen you just uh type that in and search it well as a final thought well one you do have a download on your website i think we said you were going to talk oh, about it a little you. bit but there's like a download where you can it's kind of like an assessment which um well we'll say up front just go through it one step at a time because if some people think it's intimidating it's not it's just <laughs> you do one thing at a time but it really starts to help you take a deep dive into what's going on do you want to speak a little bit about that in your final thought for us tonight yeah so right now on my website it, it's really about gut health actually because um it, so there's a gut health guide that's downloadable from my website and i've received feedback that it's for the advanced person because I talk about bone broth and supplements and all these things. But um, I think that at, at a minimum, just be aware that the, and we didn't actually talk about this, which I can't believe, but your gut, the health of your gut affects your brain. And actually some people believe, and there's science that says that our gut is our first brain and the brain is actually the second brain. So our, our nervous system, a lot of our nervous system and um, Anyways, I could, well, that's I a whole other show. Two. Yep, that's a part two. We'll get into the gut <laughs> yeah. health. Yeah, because that's what, that's usually the first things I talk about. And we talked about everything except for the gut. That's <laughs> so, so funny. We'll, we'll have to do part two for sure. <laughs> okay, yeah. So thank you so much. This is great. And I'm, I know we're going to stay connected. You're in my world now. So I'm going to not let go of you, Hank. You're awesome. Thank you awesome. so much. Yeah, well, thank you. And thank you, everybody, for watching. Please, if you can, share this content with people who you yes. feel will need it. And if there's anything that didn't quite fit into your realm uh, point of view, feel free to change vocabulary out, make it your own in a way, because uh, Neil Donald Walsh had a quote that said, language is the feeble attempt to put words of the isness to the allness. Mm -hmm. And sometimes like, um, that's why I love Param. Param is one of my my teachers, and he does these seminars called Why Life Sucks, a global voyage to overcome the misery of everyday living. <laughs> and when he starts his talk, he has everybody slam their hand on the, on the desk and point their finger at him and say, Param, you don't know your ass from a hole in the ground. <laughs> and, he, and he does this because then he knows that if he says something they don't agree with, they already know he doesn't know his ass from the hole in the ground. They can get over it and move on to the next thing he has to say that will have value for them. So don't get caught up if there's one thing you don't agree with or anything like that. What are the endless possibilities of taking the energy underneath it and really using that as the energy of cultivating change and possibility in your life? So that would be my final final thing. This is so much fun. I can't wait for a part two. Oh, let's let's uh, plan it out. But thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And we will catch you next time. Thank you all. Goodbye. Thanks 
for joining us today for the show. The Sonic Shaman is part of the Emergence of Being Contributor Network. Visit emergenceofbeing.com to learn about all the contributors and learn about our services and upcoming events. Please take a moment to subscribe to the channel. You can contribute to the show by supporting our efforts and sharing our content with those you care about and those who need it most.